What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there, and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. Hello, how's everyone doing? Welcome How are you back. doing? Ooh, I am good, girl. Yeah. Yes, it feels it feels like one of those days where something special is about to happen. Where the energies are right. The energies the are right. The chakras are online and things are flowing. You know, we've had some tea. We're feeling in a zone. You that's, put, you that's put some just, yummy squash in the oven. I did. And I also shout out, plug to our girl, Irene Vizcarra, who's got Holy Wilds. We put some of her <laughs> sacred space anointing oil on. I put it all over my face. <laughs> I think I saw you take a shower with it, it's honestly. so shiny. Yeah, so... Um, um, I've been trying to be really intentional with my essential oils and uh-huh. stuff like that. And so I did like, I'm like, oh, yes, this is a sacred space. So uh-huh. speaking nice. of our sacred space, who do we have today? Okay, so today, I mean, I feel like every podcast, we're always so excited, right? Like every episode, we're always so excited and happy. But this one is going to be a very special one, a true gem. She is a true gem. Milana Snow, she's on the podcast with us today. She's a model and actor for over 12 years, but she's also a Reiki healer, a meditation teacher, and the founder of Serene Social. Uh, Her passion is to connect, to empower, and support others to heal themselves by expanding consciousness in their everyday lives. She actually was in the world of fashion. She was uh, the winner of Project Runway a few years ago, but now she's integrated uh, these worlds by leading workshops, meditations, and talks all over the country. Oof. I'm so so pumped. Milana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We're so excited for this conversation and for all these uh, amazing techniques that we're going to be sharing with everybody, with our listeners. And just a little side note to everyone listening, we're going to be doing a really uh, beautiful meditation towards Mm. the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Uh, Pay attention to everything that she's going to be sharing with us. (laughs) Write things down. Um, And yeah, so thank you so much for coming by. You have an amazing, beautiful story of how you landed in this in this area and how you came to L.A., uh, which I would love for you to share with us. Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking about that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people um, that are even close to me don't know that I didn't meet my dad until I was 25. And um, it was actually when I was 17 that I found out that I was half Panamanian and that my dad was born in Panama, came to the United States, not speaking any English. And um, a few decades later, had a bunch of kids. I was one of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got right to work. <laughs> and, um, and when my mom and dad got divorced, you know, we kind of got separated. And then when I was 25, he found me on Facebook. 
and that's so insane yeah it was really really crazy and then I immediately found out that I had seven brothers and sisters and tons of aunts and uncles and cousins all over the world like all over the world and lots of crazy stories followed and once I started to get to know my dad my siblings um, and my grandfather my dad's dad who I was very very close with I really started to get this pull that it was time for me to come to LA and get to know my family get to understand my family heritage you know, I was raised by my my white mom and my black stepdad, and I kind of just grew up where race and culture were completely neutral. There was really, like, no references for culture whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I do remember listening to Temptations and, like, yes. <laughs> the Four Tops and stuff like that, but then when I got to L.A. and met my dad's family, we were listening to, like, bachata and merengue and salsa, and I was like, whoa, this is not what I recognize from my childhood. This is a completely different culture. And so one of the major reasons I moved from New York, besides the weather, because mm-hmm. <laughs> let's be honest, that was a big reason, <laughs> was really to spend time with my dad and get to know my my family's culture and just story and spend time with my aging grandparents. And it ended up being really amazing. Nine months after um, I moved here, my grandfather, who I was super close with, died unexpectedly. Mm. And as unfortunate as that was, it was also like really beautiful because we both knew that like I came, he was a big reason why I came to come and like get to know him better and spend more time with him. So those like nine months that I had here were just like very special months that we got to have together absolutely beautiful had you reached out or tried to like find your father prior to him reaching out to you yeah my dad has a very uh like normal name Mm -hmm. so there was like no way I was ever gonna find my dad my name is Milana Snow which um my last name Snow I took on for my stepdad Mm -hmm. so it was pretty much I was going to be the only way that I could be found by them, by that family. So I kind of just hoped that someday they would find me. But also, like, I grew up with a perfectly wonderful family. I never felt like I didn't have a dad. I always had a dad. Mm -hmm. Um, My stepdad definitely played that role. But, you know, when I found out that I was half Panamanian, it definitely changed things for me Mm. because I always felt like there was something about me that was different that nobody could explain. Mm-hmm. And then when I met my Panamanian family, I realized, oh my God, it's because of them that I'm like this, <laughs> you know, and who would have thought because I didn't even know them. And it really just, it, it's a true testament to that nature versus nurture mm-hmm. um, theory. Like there are some things that really just aren't run in your blood that I could have never, I could have never learned otherwise. I know a lot of what you teach is about manifesting and um, like the power of your mind. Um, so what, do you believe that you sort of manifested your father into your life? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. I don't think I ever thought about it that way. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I do remember um, calling my grandmother's house in L.A. like many, many years ago and it would just keep on ringing and ringing and ringing. Mm-hmm. And I like did it kind of like undercovers my mom didn't know and I'd be like dang it you know but I think yeah I mean I think one of the ways that it kind of came to pass was when I won Project Runway I felt like in the back of my mind like okay maybe they can find me now Mm. like that could be a way this was also Facebook was a thing at the time but it was like okay this is international TV this is a pretty big show like maybe 
they'll see this. Mm. Um, and so I, I don't know if nobody can seem to remember if they did or not, but, <laughs> but, um, but I definitely, I did think that, and I'm sure there's something to do with that of like bringing that into my reality. Cause ultimately I believe that we create everything. So yeah. Yeah. I think so and and with in saying that I you know I I've been we've been friends for a while and I absolutely love everything that you share and how you live your life and that idea Milana of like calling these things in your life where did it start for you how how does it start for someone who doesn't even know what to do where to go how to go about it yeah well I you know it's interesting because I feel like I had somewhat of an advantage because for whatever reason, at a very young age, I felt very much drawn to all things spirituality in every way from religion to just the the opposite of religion. I was just very interested in understanding different aspects of things greater than myself from a very young age. So I've been studying these things to be fair. I want everybody to understand I've been studying this for over two decades and so I kind of had a, a head start on that than right. I think most people did. But there were certain books that I read that completely transformed my understanding of what was possible within my own inner landscape, like what I am able to do and how powerful I'm as an individual, as we all are as individuals. And I think, honestly, as cheesy as it may sound, one of the biggest books that really changed things for me was The Secret. Mm. Um, at the time, I... I have many iterations of different religions that I studied. And if I told you guys the full story, it would be just crazy. But at one point I was a born again Christian and I was a self-decided born again Christian. I came from a family that was completely agnostic atheist. My, my mom, my stepdad, we never talked about God. And at some point when I lived in Texas during high school and like one or two years of college, I became a born again Christian in East Texas. And at that point I had already been a witch, literally. Mm -hmm. I had studied Buddhism, Hinduism, um, and different forms of new age, like magic and mysticism. And then at some point at like, I think I was 17, I was like, and now I'm a born again Christian. <laughs> you just want to like, cover the full yeah. spectrum, it cover all your bases. Very, very weird like, storytelling really it back. Know, you know, you yeah. know. And, and so at some point, I would say for about six years, I really studied that really, really intensely. And I'm so glad I did and that I studied it with such like seriousness because that has given me a deeper understanding for the world's largest religion or one of the world's largest religions is actually population wise, not the largest, but one of the most impactful religions in the world. I really understand very intimately. And I had a hard time. I'm sure some of the listeners can relate to this. I had a hard time reading anything outside of the Bible or outside of Christian faith because I thought that that was just bad or going to like make my mind go somewhere that it shouldn't. And then one day someone just said, hey, I'm watching The Secret and I have an extra copy of the book if you want to, you know, read it. And I said, okay, sure. Why not? It seemed harmless. And once I read it, I was like, my mind just exploded. I was... And I remember having a lot of mystical experiences with my Christian faith. It was like I had a lot of very powerful spiritual experiences. So I had already been on the track of like believing that, you know, the things that I asked for could happen and that I could, you know, have faith in something and that if I held that faith that it would become. So I already had that obviously mixed with, diff you know, different other religions that I had studied in the past. So when I got to The Secret, that really, really actually brought it all together for me. 
and recognizing that this was all these different religions and spiritual paths it was kind of just simplifying it and universalizing Mm -hmm. it right yeah because i personally have never read the secret but my understanding and like bits of passages that you see sort of quoted about is that it does bear some uh similarity to scripture and to the bible and, and the idea of you know purifying your minds and really thinking in terms of positive thoughts and and that sense of like intention and focus totally totally hmm. totally does that answer your question yeah, yeah, oh, yeah okay yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> other than the secret just because i know that our, our listeners and i actually would want to know were yeah. there any other books mm-hmm. oh my gosh so many um i actually have a book list which oh, i can totally share with yeah. you guys if you're interested yes. yeah of like kind of the like most foundational books that, that really just in my actual life story shifted things for me mm-hmm. Um, one of them was also the Celestine Prophecy. I talk about it all the time. And these days it's kind of a lesser known book. The first book was written in 1996. And then he has a series of, I think, four different books that follow. I highly recommend reading all four of them. The first Celestine Prophecy, again, completely changed my life. Because as you read it, it's a story about a man who's going through this journey to find these sacred texts that are Mm -hmm. in Peru. And then as he finds the text, he only finds them like one piece at a time. And each piece is called an insight. And each insight is like a concept that the author is like trying to share with you. And Mm -hmm. every time they give you this new insight, literally your consciousness goes the next level Mm -hmm. and you get to actually see it in your daily life. I was kind of talking about it the other day um, at Univision, but it's basically these different concepts that help you see how, how synchronicity and how the universe is constantly working with you in your everyday life. And so when I was reading that and then I would see it come back to me, one of the insights talks about, you know, if you like the idea of synchronicity, like if you in your mind see yourself going to a coffee shop that's maybe further down the street than the coffee shop that is right around the corner, the idea that you actually go where your mind is showing you instead of what is convenient Mm. or like appropriate because what is actually happening is that the universe or like your higher mind is actually trying to take you to something that you've been asking for, whether it be a message or resource or connection. And I follow this as best as I can. And I've, I have crazy stories about that, like endless stories, but you know, if you do something as simple as go to the Starbucks five blocks down instead of the Starbucks two blocks away, you would be shocked what kind of things are waiting for you. You might run into somebody you haven't seen in five years. You might run into a friend who you've been thinking about calling that has a job for you that you've been looking for. I mean, crazy things happen. And that book was one of those turning points for me where I realized, wow, I really can pay attention to these things and not just write them off as coincidence. Can we, I mean, is that, I, I feel like it, it ties in with the law of attraction, which I know a lot of us have heard about. And we try, I mean, I try to practice it as much as I can. It's definitely been a, a, a battle for me because I, I don't know if it's, if it's the, my, the traditional upbringing that I had where like, oh, you're going to jinx it if you, if you think mm, about it or if you mm-hmm. get too ahead of yourself, you know, like, oh, you have a job interview. Oh, you're going to, you have to go in there thinking it's already yours. Oh, but, but I'm just jinxing it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's not, if I tell someone, if I do it, it it's not going to happen. And that happens to me so much. Same. Like, For the longest, I would think that if something happened in my dream, then that meant that it was not going to happen in real yeah. life. Interesting. So then you automatically go into, uh, well, I know I can't think that yeah. I'm getting it because I'm, or I can't tell anybody or I can't be happy about it because then it's not going to happen. Yeah. See, I think those are disempowering um, thoughts like, and, and belief systems that have been, 
kind of spread throughout our culture to actually disempower the real power that we have. If everybody was totally aligned with their intuition and totally sure of the power that they have, we would have no poverty. There would be no illness. This would be a thriving, peaceful society because we when we are connected to our true source, it is all well. So I really, and I'm, I'm not saying that like the world is evil and it's trying to, you know, get us to be not happy, but there's a lot of systems that thrive off of us not being aligned, right? Absolutely. Right. Our oppression right. is profitable. Exactly. Right. So I really believe like, I want to validate the way that you are experiencing that because that's not that it's not real for you. But I think some of the work that we have to do is to unlearn those things that we've been taught. Like that that idea of jinxing, we have to completely discon like deconstruct that belief system, because that is valid because you're creating it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. Like if you feel like you're jinxing yourself, then you are. But if you can start to like unpack that and to retrain that thought process, where no 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 no, when I know something is for me, it's for me, and you believe that, and you keep like putting that impression out into the universe, you start to see that that actually will then come back to you. And what happens when I'm aligned, I'm meditating, mm -hmm. I'm sitting and really reflecting on this, it's mm -hmm. mine, mm -hmm. it's going to happen, mm -hmm. and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I mean, that happens all the time, right? Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, sometimes it doesn't come in the form that you mm. want it to come. And it's, it, the, you know, that, that's what's so interesting about this work is you really have to, it's like a, it's like playing a really great instrument, like the violin. Like there is nuance to this and you got to practice. And it's like I was just telling one of my clients this morning, it is a full time job, this practice. If you really want the life you want, it is an all day, every day thing. And I'm not saying like go to work and work your butt off. No, I'm saying like you have to check your thoughts all day long because if there is something where you're like, okay, I know that I want this. I know that it's for me and it's not coming and I feel bad about it when it doesn't come. That feeling right there would, if you were my client, I would say to you, okay, that tells me that you're actually not fully aligned because the feeling is enough. And we could go into like all the basics, like 101 of law of attraction, but the feeling has to be enough, not the actual thing. I have a client right now. She's she's an amazing successful actress she's been texting me all day girl you know who you are if you hear this <laughs> and she's like I keep on getting all these big movie producers asking me to come in and then right before the deal it just goes away and I'm like girl you have to stop thinking about the outcome you have to focus on the feeling of getting the job even if you don't get it it doesn't matter because the feeling of feeling like, yo, I'm killing it. Everything is well. I am enough. I am talented. I'm successful. That feeling, you hold that long enough and all those things will start to reverse and come back to you. Mm. So sometimes those things are actually used to help you like buffer up your power even more to like show the universe like, no, I do believe I am that no matter what is on the outside. And then you'll be surprised how things will come back around, even things that you didn't think you were going to get. You guys have heard about um, Oprah's story about um, the color purple, right? Yeah. I mean, like her getting mm -hmm. that she wasn't supposed to get that job. Yeah. And then when she was at a fat camp trying to lose weight, trying to lose weight because she thought she was too fat to get the role. Steven Spielberg himself called her while she was at a fat camp trying to lose weight. Like literally she was running in the rain. She didn't think she got it, even though she felt like that role was hers. Mm -hmm. 
And all these things were happening behind the scenes that she wasn't aware of. But I really do believe that she actually changed her experience because I believe that there's infinite dimensions. So when she was out there running on that track, I can just see her running on that track. And she says, I don't know if you remember in the story, she says, like, I surrender all. She's singing Mm -hmm. as she's running. She said it was raining. She was crying. She said she was like, at that point, I just said, God, I surrender to everything. And then someone came out and said, Oprah, Steven Spielberg is on the phone for you. And I believe in that moment is when she changed her whole reality because she felt like I don't care what this reality is saying to me. I feel like it's all good, all is well. You know what I'm saying? Girl, Mm -hmm. you just literally gave me goosebumps. (laughs) And not only that, but I feel like the funny PS to that story is Steven Spielberg said, I want you at the weight that you're at. You better stop (laughs) running. I was about to ask you guys. I was about to ask you like, was it what something happened with her weight? Which is like, yeah, probably he wanted her to he look was, the same. He it's was like, like, you don't no, need to girl. be working out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's crazy. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that like helped. Right. Work. Because I feel like it's like this. I, I mean, I've done so many workshops on like expectations and, you know, meditation and like manifesting and the law of attraction and attracting and vision boards. And sometimes it's really hard for me to to get into that mindset of like one, well, all right, am I, if I, if I want to, example, I want to get this job. I'm feeling like I already got it. Well, this is already weird. Like I'm going to be feeling like if I got it and, and then it's like, oh, and the job is going to be this, the job is going to be that. all these expectations that right. I start creating, all these like ideas of what it's going to be. And then let's say I get it, but then it's not even close to those ideas that I have. Right. So my, I'm already disappointed. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I think it, you know, it goes back to doing the work within ourselves and looking at like, what are my belief systems? What, what am I actually thinking about all day? Am I think it's one of my belief systems that if I'm going to get a job that I'm going to be let down by that job. Mm. Cause we don't, sometimes we don't even know that that's even the belief. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what I mean. Like it is work, but you know, what's so cool about the work is that if you just do the work, everything else starts to fall in place in ways that are imaginable. Like mm. you can't even imagine the ease. You know, I was saying before we went on, like in New York, I had three rent-controlled apartments. That like nobody gets three rent-controlled apartments in less than 10 years in New York. That's insane. Yeah. And each one I said I was going to get a rent-controlled apartment. And I just said to say that like that does come from doing the work and like messing up sometimes, it not going exactly the way and then going back to it and like, And then you're like, oh, wow, now these things are coming in. And then you find, oh, wow, I have another belief system I didn't catch. What do you mean by uh, doing the work? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Well, I want to say, first of all, that what I'm speaking about is not dogma. This is my practice that I have honed over, over 20 years. Everybody has their own approach. So there's no dogma here. I believe there are infinite ways to do the work and and when I say do the work, it's actually finding out what that means to you. Mm. So for me, that means meditation. That means constantly learning. That means constantly communicating my feelings and checking with people that I trust to get a feedback that I can start to think about out loud and then check myself on. To me, that means being in nature. That means constant prayer. That means being in sacred space. That means giving and receiving 
in more authentic ways, right? Putting myself on the line, but also putting myself in a position where I can receive in big ways. So all of those things are doing the work and that's all day, every day. Checking my mindset, checking what am I thinking when I'm sitting here with you guys, noticing that my shoulders are really tense because of a phone call I had before this and realizing that I need to relax and since I'm here with you guys, I need to be present. Like that to me is the work, but it's an all day, every day, mindful approach to your life. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. passive. I love that. It's not passive because when we're passive, then we take on whatever our parents and our society and our culture has given us to live, which sometimes, luckily, because we're born in the Western world, we have a lot of advantages because in the Western world, we pretty much believe that we should be safe, that we should have clean water. There's like certain basic standards that we just assume that we have. So we attract them and we create that reality. But there's also things like from our from our gender to our language, to our culture, to our height, to our size, that our culture and our society has imposed upon us about what we can and cannot have. Right. Not even to go into our families, because that's a whole other thing. That's another. So to do the work is actually deprogramming and re-identifying who you are all day, every day. Dude, I feel like you're speaking directly to me. (laughs) (laughs) And to me. Yeah, (laughs) and and probably to you listening because I'm very much in that sort of deprogramming, that shift constantly. And there's a couple of things that you said that came up for me. And one of the things that I want to actually dip back into is when you were talking about religion and how like the secret for you sort of created that universal thread between, you know, from Christianity and the other religions that you had studied. And I find that I grew up um, in a more conservative Christian household and how that's evolved over time. You know, it's evolved with my parents. It's evolved with my sister. But for me, unlearning restrictive Christian ideology Mm -hmm. and because one of the things that I felt like I was taught was don't tell God your plans. Don't tell God your dreams everything else you know that god has a plan for you so you don't give him what you want right and then it's been this unlearning because it's like wait a minute those dreams those ideas they're there for a reason totally. you know and and i think it's been more of the new agey stuff that's allowed me to to make that connection totally. and to make that recognition um so i i'm totally there with you but then another thing that i that you mentioned in terms of doing the work is getting feedback how do you get feedback from the people that you care about and that you love very carefully Mm. (laughs) very carefully you know when I when I first moved to New York in 2007 um, I was in a very very tumultuous relationship with my mom and my stepdad to the point where um, they didn't talk to me when I first moved to New York my dad didn't talk to me for over a year and a half and I was 19 and funding the whole thing by myself Mm -hmm. and I went because I truly felt like I belonged there and I, and I had lots of prayer and synchronicity that came and showed me like New York is where I'm supposed to be. So I went and I was very happy to do so. But I remember at that time, I had no support from my family whatsoever. And years later, I, I, I have spoken in a lot of uh, conferences and I've had some younger women come to me and say, what do I do when my mom doesn't want me to go? My mom doesn't want me to leave my house or doesn't want me to move to Paris. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, don't tell your mom I said this, but don't listen to her. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you really have to just do what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, I say this with all the respect for our family, 
that I possibly can muster. But, you know, one of the things, one of my teachers, I listen to Abraham Hicks. I don't know if you guys are familiar. Abraham Hicks, if you go on YouTube, is an amazing resource. I listen to them all day, every day. And that has been a big turning point for me as well. But one of the things that they teach is that we have a guidance system that comes from source. So would my parent really want me to listen to them over Mm. infinite intelligence, which is source of all things? Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing the work, quote unquote, praying, meditating, journaling, really going within, not not partying, not doing drugs, not wasting my life, right? Mm -hmm. But really doing the work, even at 18, which I did, then I'm tapped into an intelligence that my mom did not have at that time. And I'm not saying my mom wasn't intelligent, but there was another frequency of information that I was capturing. So, you know, we really have to, you know, especially when up-leveling, when completely breaking the structure of what our genetic makeup has been, that's a big thing Mm. when we're speaking about family because I work with clients all the time and I'm like, and this is really happening in our generation right now. And I believe it's one of the reasons why our generation is who the millennials have been in our society so far is we came here to shake shit up mm. like on every level. And that also means the paradigms that our families have been built on. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Complete, the hierarchical yes. Cutting it all up and shaking it all up. And so what that's going to mean a lot of times is that our family's not going to understand it. And I and I don't mean to go hurt people. I don't mean to do things that are irresponsible, but I do mean to shake it up based off of a, a deeper knowing than what your parents are telling you out of fear or out of not status quo. Tradition, yeah. Not, not yeah. Or tradition. I think yeah. tradition runs heavy in a yeah. lot of our families yeah. Yeah. and it's a lot of what's in place isn't even questioned anymore it's just like well that's how it is that's how it is and that's what it is and that and that's what and and you know depending on your family it could also be like you don't question it right and so i think it's actually yeah while we're not trying to cause any family feuds i think that (laughs) there is and it's important because you do get to the point as an adult where you realize that just doesn't sit well with me yeah and i'm going to challenge that and the way that we communicate is unsettling so I want to change that or whatever ideas that you've put on me or who you say that I am I know that's not who I am so I'm gonna believe what I know to be true about myself and sometimes I think there has to be an acceptance of your family will disappoint you yeah and that's another layer. and that you can disappoint your family absolutely (laughs) and that's okay that's okay (laughs) yeah it's happened even too where like I mean the same I had come from such a traditional uh, Catholic home and to the point where like I would do a meditation retreat or a retreat with like ayahuasca and I had to lie to my parents and tell them oh I'm going to yoga weekend <laughs> right and because if I would tell them otherwise it would be like right. what are you doing what is that I'm like no but it's just I'm going into nature like to disconnect right. with myself they're like crazy mom I'm going to do yoga this weekend all right she's like okay great (laughs) and it's sad at some point you would feel like oh god I'm lying but it's like it's just a white little lie so that they don't freak out Mm -hmm. and then I don't get this it doesn't become an argument where I have to explain things because they just don't know and they obviously into some regard don't understand I have to slowly bring these conversations into our family dining room you know what I mean it's like um, it's, I mean, it's just such an interesting idea, but you said something right now that just kind of 
did something to me and, and it was prayer. Mm. I've had a really hard time lately mm. praying. Mm-hmm. Like I, <laughs> I, I be, I mean, I do, I am very spiritual and I am to some extent religious where I believe like in a higher being. Um, I don't really go to church or, uh, but I do, but I do believe and I do feel like there's something above me that's watching me that's and I've had a relationship with him where I could talk to him and lately it's been really hard mm-hmm. so it's like I sometimes I'm like should I just write my prayers and then even then it's become like doop 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 hi Jesus it's How me are you doing? it's me <laughs> literally it's I write it's me yaddy yeah. like and it's right now that you said a prayer it's like what what can you tell us about prayer how what do we do? How do you pray? Is it something that... <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Also, I'm kind of getting a little intuitive hit on you. I don't mm. know if I should save that for offline or can I say it now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I really feel like you're, you're re-identifying who you're praying to. And I think that's why you're having a block. Mm-hmm. Even you saying he. Right. Because I was even going to ask you, like... Yeah. What, who's, what does so, God I look mean, like? I, I really, again, want to say to take away the dogma, even though I have studied a lot of dogma over my, you know, years of studying, God is who you say God is. So I, I can't, I can't say who you're praying to, Mm -hmm. but I can say, I invite you to explore who that is Mm -hmm. for you, you know, because I think God has infinite faces. So for me, God is everything, you know, and I don't mean like, God is this table, but yeah, actually this, God is this table. I, so, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible actually that I really love. And and also I should say that I still love the Bible and I still study and I still have a very deep connection with Jesus, even though I don't consider myself Christian anymore. Mm -hmm. I definitely have a relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. and I will pray to Jesus, but I also pray to pray to Frida Kahlo. Mm-hmm. I like no joke. I prayed to Frida Kahlo like three weeks ago. And so I don't mean like I'm worshiping her or that she is lower or higher in the hierarchy of spirituality than Jesus, but I believe that it's all connected. And I, and for me, that's the relationship that I've bridged. I would never say that's who you should pray to, but I have, I actually do have an, a client who's an amazing painter who's been having a lot of uh, back pain and is pregnant right now. And can knock it out of bed. And I said, you need to go talk to Frida Kahlo. Because she could help you. <laughs> you she know? knows. Yeah. That she knows about that. Is. And I bet you she wants to talk to you. Mm. I'm not saying you worship her. I'm not saying she's your God. I'm just saying, I bet you she wants to communicate with you. So for me, I find a lot of times when we have these blockages, it's because we have not really created a relationship where we feel like we can identify with what God is for us. Mm. So I just want to throw that out there to you. And one of the Bible scriptures I was going to say is, um, there's, and I can't remember what the actual scripture is, but it's pray without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And even in Kabbalah, they talk about this. I studied Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. And so both of these religions, Kabbalah would not consider itself as religion, but all, both of these schools of thought talk about praying all day, every day. So when I'm walking, I'm, thinking, God, thank you so much for that amazing conversation. You know, please give me the strength to just come into this next meeting with full presence all day, every day. God, wow, these flowers are so beautiful. Thank you so much for just like 
showing me this beauty so I could be present for this moment. Like that to all day, every day in all circumstances that yeah, I can it's remember. It's not like you just dedicate a time at totally. night and like, God, help me out with this. It's, and, and it's a you know, constant. One of the things I love about Islam, for example, which is a, study, a religion I haven't studied that much, but one of the things I really appreciate about that religion is that there are five dedicated times to pray, which I think are so beautiful. It's like, if you're not praying all day, at least we know there's five times in the day where you are praying. You know, so even, you know, if that's a religion or a a spiritual belief system that someone identifies with, that's a really beautiful practice. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, you know, if if you're feeling a disconnect with prayer or God, for that matter, it's really like re-identifying again. That's doing the work because Mm -hmm. re-identifying ourselves Mm -hmm. as individuals in this world, physical and non-physical beings, and then re-identifying, wait, who is God to me? What is God? What does God look like? What do I believe? What have I always been told that maybe I never thought about that I believed? And really asking those questions and starting to build a relationship. Because once you start to build a relationship, then you get feedback. I mean, we talk about feedback. Mm -hmm. Forget the family feedback. The real feedback is when the universe is talking to you or God is talking to you or Jesus or Mohammed, whoever that is for you, or if it's all of them. I, I hope that answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Absolutely. Ooh. I, I, you know, I want to jump into our break in a second, but there is something about what you're saying that I think um, is shaking something up for me because I know there's been a, like a resounding negative thought that I've been dealing with for months. And what I've been trying to do lately is turn it into a prayer. Mm-hmm. So when that thought enters into my mind, that it's almost like I'm either using it as like, a, p- a moment to be thankful or a moment to pray, pray it away in a sense, or pray, pray for it to change. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool how we can just integrate it in non-typical ways and what prayer looks like and we can change the face of it. Totally. And, you know, to quote uh, something from uh, The Secret, which I'm sure somebody said that was really intelligent and probably won awards is what we resist persists. Mm. So when you get these, and we talked about this yesterday, um, when you get that negative thought, what if it's not the enemy? What if it's just something that wants to be expressed? Then you can then let pass through you, mm. you know? So sometimes when we have even physical pain, so like, for example, I have physical pain in my left shoulder right now because I've been working with this. I know that this is a message for me. It's not negativity of like, I'm being bad. I'm stressed. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. This is a message that's communicating something to Mona that I know what it's telling me. And it's because I have a relationship with understanding what this is. So instead of me resisting it, trying to fight it away, try to like suppress that information or the pain or discomfort, Mm. what actually works when I'm able to release it, which I can do it real fast if I give myself the presence to do it, is by actually looking at it sitting with it and say okay what do you want to say and not being attached to it not wallowing it but facing it and moving through it that is where transformation happens because I think a lot of times we get these negative thoughts or even negative feelings or negative situations and we're like ah I've been bad I haven't done something right I could be better and it's like wait 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 what if everything is here to support you what is the message in that negative thought Mm. what is it why is it coming up could you actually let it communicate something to you that you could then move through mm-hmm. and that's a very different mindset I did not have for a long time so it's a practice there's so much work to do we're gonna take a quick <laughs> break 
What's up, loves? As podcasters, we know how hard it can be to get new listeners to learn about our show. And as lovers of podcasts, we are also always on the lookout for new shows to binge in an effort to highlight shows we love and make sure other amazing podcasts are on your radar. We're giving some ad space to highlight a new podcast every week. Give them a listen and tell us what you think. This is Nat. And this is Cindy. And this is Marado Lens, a feminist podcast hosted by two childhood friends who talk about embracing our inner bruja, sex, and culture. Always funny, always real. Be sure to check us out. We have a lot of good stuff coming up with some dope-ass fellow brujas. We are moradolens.com on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Peace. Later. I think that's something that we've talked about definitely is confronting people or, or having them speak into your life. What about when you have other people's negative energy? How do you deal with that? Whether it's at work, whether it's at home, you know, what's Family, a good friend? Yeah. 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 This, you know, um, I was just trying to think of a time, you know, recently when I've experienced that. I think um, the the first thing that I have to recognize when these things are coming up is how did I create this? If you know, if you really study the law of attraction and the power of your mind and your spirit, you start to recognize that oh, everything in my life is because I put it here. Mm. Like if you really took responsibility for everything, it's actually very scary because you're like, yeah, wait, girl, why would I <laughs> cause <laughs> that? <laughs> Why would I cause a, a, a car accident? Why would I do that? Why would I cause my husband leaving me? Why would I do that? A lot of people have a lot, like a really hard time with that statement. Mm-hmm. But it's not always as bad as you think, even if it can be really, really bad. Because I've had, in fact, in the recent past, I've had a really, really bad health problem that I've had to like go get a minor surgery on. And it was extremely painful. And I had to look at, oh my God, I created this even though it was literally like the most pain I've ever had in my life. If I created this, like what is the message here for me? So when we have people in our lives that are creating pain or discomfort or blocking us from something or hurting us, if we start to take responsibility for why is this person even in my life? Or what am I causing in this person for them to come to me like this? Mm. Or what boundaries am I not setting in my life that this person can even speak to me like this? Right. How am I showing up when I come to work where this person can dismiss me in this way? You know, really like really looking at yourself and saying, wait, how am I showing up that's creating this? How do I be, as my teacher says, how am I being that's allowing this relationship to act Yo, I thought I was self-aware and this entire conversation yeah. like put me on yeah. my ass. Like, girl, you need to yes. do the work. <laughs> There's a lot of work to be done here. For oh my real. God. I mean, because I think it, that's, it's one of those things that obviously we always want to embrace the good. I worked my butt off. Of course, I earned that raise. I, you know, I've, I've done X, Y, Z. Then I got the best house or mate or whatever it may be. But to Im- accept that you could be causing the pain in your life and maybe potentially and in those that you love. Oof. Yeah. There's a lot of power in that, though, too, because then when these things do come that are difficult because they will come because we came here so we could grow if you know that you are causing it and or that you are responsible and that it is also for your highest good Mm -hmm. then you can use these 
negative experiences as positive experiences. I just literally told my grandma yesterday, I was like, grandma, I can't believe the lessons I've had to learn in like literally three weeks. I feel like I'm crushing life lessons that people take like literally a lifetime to learn in weeks, like crushing. And I, and I talk to her all the time and I'm like, I can't believe I'm having to learn this and learn this so quickly, but it's because I'm like, no, I'm going into it. Like, what is this lesson? What do you want me to learn? I, do I need to feel the pain? Okay, let's feel the pain. One of the things that Kabbalah teaches is that pain actually helps to purify. So like, you know, even just the idea of actual physical pain of my shoulder right now is like helping me to purify, to be a softer, kinder person, to be more humble because I'm not perfect. I still got stuff to work on or I still carry on guilt or not enoughness or whatever. And even, literally as I'm talking to you guys, it's loosening up. I swear to God. That's amazing. So this is like every single thing is for your good, but it's I take responsibility and I I go into it. I don't shy away. I move into it. And what's so cool when I do like Reiki sessions with people and I'm actually guiding them through this actual literal process because things come up when you're opening up your energy field and we're doing these deep meditations, people will start crying and I can see people they're like holding back like mm. oh no this mm. this is too scary and and shit gets real so like yeah. it's not a joke you're literally clearing like generations mm. in a lot of these sessions and it gets scary and i'm like go go into it and it's a small death cuz you're literally letting parts of yourself that do not serve you fall away so that's what we get to do at every circumstance when people come to us with negativity it's like actually this is a gift you're informing me of something that I was unaware of. So now I get to use my awareness to go to the next level. Are you like the best girlfriend, friend <laughs> yeah, ever? Seriously, like- do, do your friends have you like on speed dial? Because I think I'm just about to add you right now. We have a lot of talks. Yeah. You also mentioned uh, being present, which I know is something that for a lot of us now, just dealing with life and all the obligations and things that we have to do, is a little hard because mm-hmm. we're on the go, on our phones, working away from home, mm-hmm. working while we're at the gym. You know, it's like, what does that mean to be present? And what do we have to do? What does it do to us mm. when we're like really fully present? That's such a great question, girl. I mean, if people knew how powerful they were, if they were present more often than they weren't, they would never work for anybody ever again. Like it's that powerful. Like when, so all of our power when we talk about manifestation and the ability to be connected to source is only available to you when you are fully present, like fully, fully present. So an example I like to give is think about the time when maybe you were writing in your journal or maybe you were riding your bike or those moments when you're quote unquote, like in the zone, if you can just think of whatever that is for you, maybe it's when you're swimming or playing basketball when I was like 15 whatever it is and think about how like time meant nothing Mm -hmm. how like every movement was just seamless you didn't have to think about anything you're just in like utter flow have you have you guys had experiences like that in any way yeah maybe even with like a sport or Mm -hmm. running running is a really good version of that too when you're fully present like that things that you didn't know were possible are now possible so I'll just give you a little example. When I was like 16, I sucked at basketball really bad, but I got recruited for the basketball team because I was 5'10 at like 14. <laughs> and it so happened that the high school I went to, Dulles High School in Houston, Texas, was the number one girls basketball team in the country. 
So when I got recruited, I had no idea that I was being recruited into like a feeder into like the top WNBA, like potential type of basketball players. And I couldn't even do a layup. So very quickly, I realized if I was going to do this, I might as well do really, really like hard work because I'm super behind. So I used to go to the YMCA after practice and I would just play hours and hours and hours and just like work on my craft. And I sucked. And after a year, I went from literally being the worst person that they'd ever seen on any of their teams to being on varsity and going to the state championships with them. And I remember literally 15 being at the YMCA in Missouri City, Texas. And I remember being able to do crossovers and spin moves and like crazy shit that nobody ever taught me, Mm. but I could only do it when I was like scrimmaging. It wasn't when I, like I couldn't do it when I was in front of my coach because I wasn't Mm. able to be present in front of him. I was too nervous because I was like, oh my God, what if he's going to put me in the game and I'm not ready? But when I was like playing with the boys who were like 17 at the YMCA and I knew that none of them were ever going to play me outside of there anyways. I did things that I literally didn't know were possible. And we all have that version. We all have that. And that's the power of presence. Because really, if you if you really like study all of like the the more esoteric knowledge, ancient knowledge, all we have is now. This idea of the present and the future is actually like a construct. It is all right now. And if you even look at what's happening with like studying the far reaches of space and how they're like, it's 33 light years away or, you know, the sun's like four light years away or whatever, that four days the sun could be out and we wouldn't even know. That just shows you how time is a complete cluster. Yeah. Like we don't really know what that, what time is. So when we're present, we're actually in our true natural state of oneness connected to all that is. And that's, I could get more into that, but basically what I'm saying is if you can practice even just one minute of what we'll be doing in our meditation later on through this, um, this podcast, just practicing truly being present, new ideas will start to come to the surface. That's where you that's where you get in touch with source, with oneness, with God, with spirit. And that's when you can start to hear things that you can't hear when you're on your phone, when you're thinking about what do I got to do next? Oh my God, what did my mom think of me when I said that to her? Oh my God, she's so upset. You know, that is separating yourself. But when you become one and you listen to the sounds that are happening in the room, when you feel into your body, when you even acknowledge all the crazy thoughts that are fluttering through your brain and you just like sit with all of that then things start to just go quiet and start to kind of neutralize and then new thoughts come up and then new visions come up new ideas that you didn't have about that problem that you had earlier in the day just start to answers does that sound crazy? No, it makes complete sense. Because <laughs> honestly, Pharrell talked about this um, when he did a conversation with Oprah and he talked about sensory deprivation and how for him the best ideas come in the shower yes, because of too. the fact that you're just completely removed from all of your gadgets, from yes. the demands of the world. Yes. And I've been in a, in a space right now where I've been trying to brainstorm some ideas for a new project and I feel so blocked, blocked, blocked because there is something about that effort that actually doesn't assist in the process at all. Like, okay, I've got to be really creative, brain go. Totally. That doesn't work. But then, you know, Yadel and I sometimes will have like a couple minutes before we have to record a podcast and I like bust out a intro that's like and boom. Totally. 
and 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 it feels good and it flows but so it's like being in that space where you sort of can just like clear yourself and clear your mind and clear the world that's happening around you and not find yourself in judgment because I think that that is what at least for me messes me up a lot of the time yeah totally is judging the thought judging the idea judging you know the question that happens on this podcast all the time why did you say that why did it you know how come it came out that way yeah so I am noticing how with you there hasn't been one moment where you haven't there hasn't been a moment where you've seemed like you haven't been here Mm -hmm. and I'm practicing the exact same thing I was gonna say it's a practice you know I've, Mm -hmm. I've been practicing that for a while you know and and I mean literally though as I was driving over here I'm driving I'm talking to a woman that works with me and she's saying things I'm like wait what did you say you know it's it's a practice yeah but it is intentional you know when I'm when I'm with my my guy one of the things that we're really really intent on is we don't even have our phones around us I will leave my phone I literally have had days where I will be with him and I'm like wow I didn't check my phone for an entire day you know and that's something I mean and we are quote unquote very busy people right Mm -hmm. so like you would think that doesn't make sense but you know to kind of go back a little bit to your question what happens when you do that is magic starts happening because what I find is when I start getting really present even if it's as simple as like being really present with my guy Mm -hmm. I come back to my phone and I just have like hey, you have a meeting. Hey, you have a podcast request. Hey, 15 people just followed you because someone just tagged you and five minutes ago. You start getting all this flow that comes in that you can't produce from doing. It only comes mm. when you allow and you open yourself up to oneness. And that kind of goes back to these like concepts around the law of attraction. But what I find is that when we're in this place where we're trying to make something happen, like you're trying to bang something out, okay, brain, now you're going to get creative instead of being in a flow state, then you're in a place of efforting and trying to make things fit. And it just, it doesn't work. But when you are fully present and you're like, you know what? I trust. I'm going to be fully present. I'm going to be joyous. I'm going to be romantic. I'm going to have fun right now. And and, and that's, I'm going to be fully, fully there. And I'm going to have a positive expectation that I am safe to do that, that when I take that time for myself or for my family, for my child, whatever, that like the universe has my back. That when I come back to my work, good things are going to be in that inbox mm. waiting for me instead mm-hmm. of the other way around. Like I'm then, not working. Right. And like- then you train that. You keep practicing. You keep practicing that. And now even, you know, like I'll say, like when I get to my phone, something good's going to be in that inbox. I can't. What is it? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. I can't wait. I better wait longer. Some more yeah. comes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. And it's and it's something so, so interesting because lately I've been tapping more and more into like my meditation where I was not doing it as frequently as I wanted to. And it's it's and I've been trying to adapt this idea to like a lot of the things that I'm doing. And it's it's just, you're, you know, you're meditating. Right. And it's flow of like your your um your breath and and all of a sudden it's like what am I gonna do I have a gazillion things to do today my to-do list and telling myself like thoughts thinking let them flow by and I've been doing that so much with even other things and like trying to be present even when I'm driving or even like right now I would get things something come up like oh I forgot to tell my mom this yeah thinking totally thinking hello (laughs) come back totally and it's been such a good um technique i guess yeah to like use it in 
you know, and whenever I'm trying to do the work. Totally. And I love that you brought up the romance part too, Mm -hmm. because I think that, you know, when people, when you're with your significant other, sometimes it can be very easy to just be like, okay, yeah, you're good. I'm good. I don't, I heard about your day. It's fine. But it's like in terms of keeping in the romance there, like presence is so important Mm -hmm. in order to keep that flame going or whatever it may be. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to also, uh, create the boundaries within your relationship that that's how they come to, you know, I, I have definitely been on dates in the past where if a guy's on his phone, I'll tell him, Hey, if you're going to be on your phone, I'll leave Mm -hmm. just so you know, that's not how my relationships go. Like literally. And same thing with my friends. You know, I will literally be like, Hey, Hey girl, can you just give me one second? Let me do this really quick. And then I will not be on my phone. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that just randomly. No, that is always the case. Yeah. You know? So it's really, but it's a practice. It is really a practice. And I mean, my sister, Jill, if she's listening, there's still times where my sister's like, you're not listening to me, are you? And I'm like, nope, I'm not listening to you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) She knows because I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like thinking about other things, you know, so it's it's always a practice. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's like creating that transparency and honesty where like my sister can say that to me. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry. Let me get back to it. And you know? then it's a safe space, right? Yes. Because that's the thing. It's like being able to call someone out and be like, but you know, I love you. And yeah. I'm not like saying you're a bad person because of totally. it. But like, girl, come on now. I mean, I you think know what's up. It totally. happened for us this weekend. I mean, we were going to a concert and we were talking about all these ideas. I mean, I, don't, I thought about this right now. All these ideas for the podcast and events. And she's going off. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I had my phone away. Like it was charging. And for some reason, it buzzed and I grabbed it. And, and then she says, she's like, I lost you, huh? <laughs> and, and then I was like, huh? huh? What? what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was listening, Jess. She's like, uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, the great event. And I'm like, no, yeah, you did. I'm sorry. Totally. But it's like, it. it's just, I. it happens so right. much. It happens totally. all the time. But it's. Totally. But at the same rate, I didn't feel like she was like totally. calling me out in a bad way. It was just like. Totally. All right. I'm All like, right. let me know when you're ready. Let me know when you're ready to come back to this totally. conversation. I mean, how many times have we been at restaurants and we see couples and yeah. they're literally not even looking at each other because they're both on their yeah, phones the entire crazy. time. And if that's you, stop it. I feel it's old not school okay. sometimes because I'm the same way. Like if I'm with my friends, if I obviously my boyfriend knows what it is, I'm like, Mm-mm. um, but I'm, I don't like the whole like, let's be on our phones this yeah. whole time. Yeah. And there's obviously times where it's like, hey, we both got to take a break because we got to like, I always say with my friends, we got to jump into the matrix for a second, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like. Okay, let's jump into the matrix. And we'll both like agree, okay, we're gonna do that really quick. Okay, matrix work. Okay, cool. Now we're back. Yes. You know, but I've definitely I mean, I'm more sensitive to seeing when couples are or oh my god, I feel like I've seen like even first dates where they're both families also, like families with their kids. Or, you know, a mom or a dad who's just not present to their husband or their wife or their kids. And so what what I think is we're avoiding what's really happening in that moment. Mm. Because a lot of times, maybe that moment when present doesn't feel Pretty. good because yeah. we're talking about like the positive things of when you're really present then all these positive things will come to you well i should also say that when you're really fully present the things that are not working for you right now that you do not like come to the surface as well yeah and what's so difficult about being mindful is that you have to look at them and then you have to do something about yeah. it <laughs> you have to clean it up you know yeah 
Uh, so speaking damn. of mindful, damn, I know. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's yes. do this meditation practice. Yeah. So I'm super excited for this because I know it's going to be powerful for all of our listeners um, and for us. Yes. Nice. Okay. Well, go ahead and just get yourself comfortable in your seat. And if you're able to, if you're listening to lay down, feel free to do that as well. And if you're not able to sit or lay down, you can stand, but make sure that you stand in a really grounding position so that your feet are fully flat on the ground. And if you're sitting, do that as well. If you're laying down, see if you can allow yourself to just relax more into the floor, onto the bed, releasing your body down. With your eyes closed, this practice is really just a practice of presence. And just like we said, presence is a practice. So for the next few minutes, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know what you're doing. And you don't have to be present instantly. Just remember that this is a practice, that you're practicing presence. One of the ways that I like to do that, that I find are some of the more easy entry points to presence is using our sensory system because you can't listen or taste into the future. You can't smell the past. You might smell something that reminds you of the past, but that smelling, that action, that sensation can only be done by being fully present. So in this moment, the first thing that you can do is just by listening really listening to all the things that this moment contains. And the first most simple thing is by just listening to my voice, noticing the way that I speak, my accent, my tone, my pacing. And while you notice my voice, see if you can allow yourself to just listen more deeply, to really allow yourself to let my voice be your only focus, your point of attention. And if you're doing that, then as thoughts come, they're less important because your intention right now is to listen to my voice. And while you listen to my voice and the way that I'm speaking, see if you can allow yourself to notice the sounds that are in the room that you're sitting in right now. Noticing the sounds that are out on the street, outside of the room. Or in the house or the building that you're in, maybe you hear people speaking. Maybe you hear dogs barking. Cars driving by. Maybe you hear the buzzing of the headphones in your ear. Or the fan or AC blowing. Just listen for a second. And notice as you listen how your body starts to relax. Notice how you start to drop in a little bit more and you start to notice that, oh, wow, I'm feeling a little bit more present right now. Notice how your thoughts start to move a little bit when you start to acknowledge that. Coming back to your sense of hearing and your sense of sound. Hearing the cars drive by. Maybe music playing. And relaxing even more into your chair or into your feet or on your back. Just noticing how this moment is so unique. 
how this moment is unlike any other moment you've ever experienced before. And if for any reason there are any things that sound like a distraction, just acknowledge that you're in a state of oneness where everything can actually take you deeper into the now moment. So instead of treating this as a distraction, you can actually acknowledge it as a marker for being fully present in the moment, reminding you that you're here and nowhere else. You're here, able to hear that sound. Now start to check in with your breath. Notice, how are you breathing? And see if you can deepen your breath by breathing in through your nose and exhaling out of your mouth. And see how that makes your body feel when you do that. When you acknowledge your breath and you direct your breath. Breathing in through your nose and exhaling out of your mouth. doing that again and when you exhale see if you can let that exhale just kind of melt you down further into your seat or your feet or your back still listening still listening to this moment still listening to my voice as you breathe in through your nose and out of your mouth Noticing these little tiny quote-unquote distractions and letting them just pass through you. And as you do that, you might start to notice your thoughts. Maybe they're active or maybe they're quiet. Maybe they're starting to take you out of this moment or maybe they're bringing you further into it but in this moment as you observe your thoughts you might recognize that you aren't your thoughts but the one that can observe them so notice how you're able to hear my voice hear the sounds in the room that you're in Still breathing. And able to observe your thoughts. Notice how that makes you feel. Maybe you notice how you start to feel more expansive, more relaxed. Maybe you can start to see your thoughts and not feel like you are your thoughts. And just notice them. Notice them as they pass through your mind. And start to look at what those thoughts are. Not attaching to them. Just noticing what you're thinking about. Thinking about what you're thinking about as you listen to my voice. 
relaxing even more into your body as you exhale. Seeing how that feels. We're almost done with this little exercise, so see if your mind starts to wander. If you can just come back to your breath and back to focusing on listening in this moment while still being an observer, observing your thoughts. And maybe for this next layer of presence, you start to notice how you feel. Maybe it's how you feel physically or how you feel emotionally. Still noticing the sounds as they come up. Still breathing and exhaling out, creating more space. And feeling, what does that feel like? Feeling, oh, I'm feeling more relaxed. Feeling, wow, my back is starting to loosen or my mind is starting to wander. Let me bring it back with my breath. Just noticing. And slowly start to say to yourself, okay, I'm ready to open my eyes. I feel more fully present now. And just kind of agree with yourself that you'll take this level of presence with you when you open your eyes, that you'll be more present even with your eyes open. And slowly you can start to move your fingers and your toes. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. I almost don't want to say anything. I know. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Welcome back. Mm. That's hard to do while recording a podcast, though, I will tell yeah, you. <laughs> it is. Um, mostly because I wanted to make sure that the recording didn't stop. <laughs> yeah. Is that what was coming up a lot? Like For me, yeah. yeah. Just making sure that, because sometimes the track stops, and so wanting to make sure that that was okay. And, yeah. I think for it really random when you when you said before you said like oh you feel like your back is loosening up I had a moment where like you're just kind of in a weird zone mm -hmm. and you're just like not here mm -hmm. but you're here mm -hmm. and like my body just kind of like pushed back mm -hmm. and then that's when you like push back but then like relaxed mm -hmm. and then that's when you said you know let your back relax yeah. and I was like oh oh my god <laughs> I win Okay, but I surprisingly, usually my mind is always super busy. Mm, and you and felt like you were able to get yeah, into Yeah, that I was able to not, or even when thoughts were coming up, it was like, all right, it's let them go. They're mm. just thoughts. They're passing by. Yeah. They're, let them go. Because um, I could only think of like three uh, the, the thoughts that I had. So this beautiful contrast of feeling like you had a lot of thoughts that were taking you away and you feeling like your thoughts were actually like, just passing by is really a great example I think for all of the listeners because 
they were equally valuable experiences for you both. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say this, and I, I, I talk about this a lot to myself and to my clients, when we are present like we were, which you both were, it is like a microscope. It gives you an opportunity to look at how you're being in that moment because that reflects how you're being in all moments mm. because time does not exist. That's an illusion. So if if everything is now, then how you're being in this moment as I'm speaking, the way that you're perceiving me, the way that you're thinking, all of it is actually how you're being in all your relationships and everything that you're asking about. That is how you're showing up. And it's showing you like a little microscope. So that's what's really cool about these practices that you just got to get a little like microscope at the microcosm of the bigger outpicturing of your life. It's like looking at like a little piece of film mm-hmm. that then you can shine the light of consciousness to project against the wall and say, oh, that's my movie. Mm. That's how I'm being right yeah. now. I want to fix things. I want to. I want to make sure that I go and take care of what else other people have going on, but I don't want to give myself that time. Mm -hmm. And no, that's not a bad thing because a lot of times that's celebrated, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a really beautiful picture because it's, even if it wasn't recording, like you are so much more worth the recording being messed up. We could do it again, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So that's like a really interesting picture that we get to have and the fact that today you're feeling like oh man these thoughts are going by then that gives you an insight of wow maybe I can look at myself and the way that I expect myself to be busy-minded and scat or whatever that is maybe I can actually reframe my way of identifying with that maybe I'm not that way anymore maybe I can actually start to say that I'm a person who can get present really quickly and then you can start to build that momentum but good news it changes every single time <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> look at us we're filmmakers now <laughs> <laughs> no and and i i actually am happy that we did have that those different experiences because i think for anyone who is new to meditation um i the biggest lesson is to just sort of rid yourself of the expectation totally and yeah. that there will be times and for me, lately, it's definitely been the case where my mind is on go, 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 go. Like, you know, what's for dinner? What am I going to make? How is, is the room going to get hot if I turn on the oven? You know, like that sort of stuff. And so sometimes that is very much the reality. And I just don't want for anyone who is trying to start to let that sort of make them feel like I'm not good at this. It's never going to happen yeah. because I think it, I mean, it does happen for people. Yeah. You know? And it's actually like the, that is actually a better practice that, that, because remember this is a practice, mm-hmm. but what you experience is actually more useful because now you get to look at something that you weren't able to see like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that that was a way of being that I could change or maybe that I like or whatever that was for you that I could hone. Mm -hmm. So when we have these moments where we're like, man, I couldn't, I couldn't meditate. I couldn't get to it. That, that is still, you're still getting a gift there Mm. because whatever happened in that moment that you couldn't this or that this happened or that's still a message for you. It's just like the shoulder pain. Don't push it away. That's still, there's still a message. So it's so cool. There's always a message always coming for us. So it's like when we have these moments of just like, even though you felt like you had a lot going on, you still had that moment where you were able to be focused on the fact that you had a lot going on. Right. And then boom, information comes to the surface. (laughs) Magic. Magic. I have to say, this has been such an incredible conversation. Thank you. Like, I just appreciate 
you just dropping your wisdom on, on us and, and sharing everything that you have because I think that more more than anything, what I've taken away from it is that it's work and that even when you think that you've been doing the work, there's always more work to be done. And so we have so much to do. Yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of work to do for yes. sure. And mm -hmm. it's it's you said something very interesting too, like that mindful approach of our lives that I love that it's like, yeah, we want to live in this state of understanding and seeing and really enjoying our lives. Totally. And it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> you know, well, that's the thing. It's like, it's work, but I think also the element of compassion. Totally. It, and I know I don't have it for myself. I think we are always our strongest critics and totally. we are so hard on each on ourselves. Totally. And so like, that like what comes up oh you like to fix things not be like damn it jessica you why do you have to try and fix things like yeah. why can't you just let things be but like no that does resonate with me and that is something that it's like that's very helpful in, in, with work that's very helpful totally. in my success and what endearing and too gosh yeah. what a nice person you are <laughs> sometimes totally. i'm not a nice fixer no, I'm yeah. but i think it's it's having that love for yourself and totally. saying like Total compassion. I'm a good person. Totally. You know? like you're worth that tenderness. The same way I wouldn't come to Yadel and be like, you got to fix this. Yeah, da -da 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 -da. Yeah, totally. What's wrong with you? Yeah, how can we talk to yeah. ourselves like that? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And knowing that even though it seems like a lot of work, I promise you just two minutes of doing what we just did, that is going to manifest things that you can't even imagine. There's uh, no amount of work yeah. that you could do that could replace two minutes of what we just did. And like did. once you start, I also feel like, I mean, me I've, I've been doing this for a few weeks now and it's it's been like uh an untying of like knots totally you know? so it's like once you start it the beginning was hard like i was like oh, i don't know and 20 minutes today okay this that i'm gonna journal blah, blah, blah. and i instead of being on facebook for 20 minutes i'm gonna be totally. reading those books that i've been putting off totally. it's been like just digging and digging and i'm totally. digging and i'm digging and i'm clearing totally. all these things and then it's been helping me with like other situations totally it's it's weird it's it's, and it's beautiful yeah oh God, i love it beautiful. so much this is so exciting yeah oh my gosh i hope i hope whoever's listening will send us some dms of, of like stories yeah. of anything that they experienced Please. from what they heard today because to me like just being able to um know that you guys are like experiencing this yourself you know not taking my word as dogma but really just exploring these these concepts on your own and really mm -hmm. finding out what they mean to you that that's like the greatest gift for any work that I do so and one of the things that um I actually had come to mind Yadi and this was after you had said something about like what if you're you know praying on things and and, and you're you're trying to attract something and it doesn't come I actually have a pretty funny story is when I first moved to Los Angeles I sort of I didn't know like anyone and I was just like okay god I'm ready for a boyfriend bring him to me and I, the word that I think I was using was I'm ready for my companion. Mm. And mm. God brought me a really amazing friend. And she was my first girlfriend in L.A. And she explored with me. She was really down for different activities. And every weekend we would try new things and we would go to coffee shops. And she would introduce me to, you know, the nightlife or the cultural scenes. And so it's really interesting because what we were praying for and, and it was, I, I, God gave me a companion. God gave me someone who I could experience and find home and comfort with, but it wasn't in the form that I expected. Totally. Which is something that we talked about the other day about being kind of uh, specific on certain things. Like sometimes you, you want to 
I've, I've, I'm honestly in that space right now where I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready for a relation. I'm ready for the relationship. I'm ready for the love of my life. I'm ready to settle down. Something that had never happened to me before. Like I was never, I could never remember being, feeling this so jolly about like, oh my God, I'm ready for the relationship. And it's like, I've got to be very specific mm. because, you know, it's like, if, if something is important to me, like that list of like, what do I want in, a, in the next job? What do I want in the next, in my, in the relationship? Sometimes you forget these little things and then it shows up and it's like, oh, it's exactly what I wanted. But I forgot to write <laughs> that I wanted him to live in the same city. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, you yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, yep. and it's like, I forgot it. I did. It wasn't, I did not. I yep. didn't include yeah. it. Yep. Everything else is there. Totally. Except for that. Totally. Totally. No, we really get what we ask for. And that's why they say, be careful what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's based off of people's real life experience. You know, it's not just a quote for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I uh, mean, two different experiences, two different situations, but it's, you know, it's absolutely like, like crazy. Well, we did get what we asked for with you, which yeah. was an awesome Seriously. episode. Yes. So thank, thank you, you so, so much for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. You guys are amazing. And you created such a great space to have this conversation. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And where can everyone follow you and your work? Yeah. So um, Instagram is always a great place. I respond to every DM. And a lot of times they get pretty real. So you mm-hmm. can always connect. And that's with at Milana Snow, right? At Milana Snow um, with two L's, M-I-L-L-A-N-A. S-N-O-W. And then um, my company, Wellness Official, which is a multi-vendor marketplace for holistic practitioners and brands where you can book appointments and buy product with practitioners all over the world. I'm actually going to be on there as well for my own services. Um, And that's going to be launching at the end of this month um, to a small beta testing group. So watch out for that. You can look up on uh, wellnessofficial.co or wellnessofficial on Instagram. And those are the two ways that you can stay in touch. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. Thank you. For joining us and giving us your time and energy today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Man, (laughs) jeez. I don't even know where to begin. It's interesting because I think there's like, that sense of feeling overwhelmed. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things I need to take inventory of. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But there's also a sense of being feeling excited because it feels like it's all in my grasp. Like, it's yeah. something that I can actually Absolutely. work on. Yeah. Like, you can, you have to put in the work. There's not anything else that you can take. There's no tea. There's no nothing. Right. You need to go and get prayer on meditation on reading on disconnecting Mm. on like all these things that are vital for our well-being and are vital for all the things she was saying about living like this and attracting all this amazingness and it's interesting because I feel like in some way or another these ideas have been coming up in my life Mm. and the and, and I don't know if that's necessarily relates to her synchronicity. I'm not sure if that's you know like these terms are still so new to me. I gotta yeah, figure them yeah. out. But the for me something that's really been coming up has been like where my thoughts lead leave me and lead me and how I respond to that. And so I'm going to try and integrate a lot of what she was saying and yeah, you know sitting with them because I girl when it comes to silence I don't know how to do that. Like mm. I just am like. Mm, Okay. What are you doing? And I'm always trying to find a distraction. I recently have been binging this show on Hulu called Younger, and it's so stinking good. Don't tell me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it's just one of those things where it's like, ah, oh, I just check it, like check my brain at the door. Like I don't really have to, I just get to relax. But sometimes I think we need to not check our brain yeah. at the door. We need to just allow whatever it is that we're feeling to sit with. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious about what this brought up for everyone else that was listening. Yes, especially that meditation. Yeah. Because that was beautiful and deep and intense. And it was only like a few minutes. Yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, like wasn't a 30 minute crazy, yeah. sit down and meditate. No, it was just a very beautiful guided meditation yeah. about being in the present and enjoying it and like smelling, you know, those smells and hearing and really being mm-hmm. here. Like, I think we just... We always want to pass things by. Like right. Ba- everything, per- the pain passed by. It didn't oh, even yeah. happen. It's like, all right, what's next? Right. Eat, let's feel it. Let's feel it out. Let's be in the moment because mm. let's smell the roses. Because for a few years from now, we're all, it's it's that idea too, like, oh man, time flew by. Right. And we, and we only have snippets of that, of, of you know, in our memory. Like, let's make sure that the, that we can savor these memories or like, you know, like really take these moments in. That's going to be the challenge. And that is yeah. definitely yeah. what... I challenge all of you to, to uh, Yarel and myself, yes. is in this next week, really working on being in the present. And also I would challenge, because I feel like that's like such a vague thing. Um, put your phone down. Maybe um, put your phone down when you are in, a, in an elevator with someone. Yeah. And it's awkward. Put your phone down when you are just waiting for your Uber you know, or just like Where find you're waiting for your coffee at Starbucks. Right. Like just put your phone down and see what that what that does for you, because I'm yeah. going to try it. So I'm let's do this it. challenge and see what it what it brings up for us. Oh, oh, girl. Oh, yeah. I know. It's, trust me. The moment might be Instagramable, but I'm sure there's something more dope that will come up when it's like real life for sure. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, we love to hear from you. We love all the feedback. Share our post as well and yes. leave us uh, a review uh, for whatever you think and whatever episode you liked on yes. um, Apple Podcasts. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, you can always follow us at Weight Holds Up Pod. We appreciate the love and we will catch y'all next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.